Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Martin Luther called the eighth chapter of Romans the masterpiece of the New Testament. During July, Pastor Kurt and I have been trying to open up this masterpiece for us once again. This eighth chapter of Romans that in Paul's words is the heart, the heart of the gospel. If I could title this chapter something, I would call it Life in the Spirit from A to Z. Throughout this chapter, the words remind us with great teachings how the Spirit helps us in our daily Christian life. Some of the basic elements of the Christian faith are taught here in Paul's words. Two weeks ago, Pastor Kurt reminded us that the Spirit of God unites with our spirit to bring us to Christ, who then sets us free from the the punishment of sin and, and death and assures us of our forgiveness, something that we cannot do on our own, but it is simply gift a gift of grace from our Lord Jesus Christ. And last week, we heard that the Spirit assures us that we are children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs to his inheritance. And one of those tremendous gifts that we inherit as God's children is the gift of everlasting life. Well, today in our text, Paul has to then admit that though we are heirs to God, we still live, of course, in an imperfect world with imperfect bodies and minds. And Paul says in in verses 22 and 23, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You know, when we had that bad windstorm a couple, three weeks ago here in Story City, it was almost like the trees were groaning as they swayed back and forth, not wanting to break, and to fall. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, creation itself has been in bondage, in slavery, and is in need of a new start. And we can see that all around us. There are so many beautiful things in our world, but there's also things that we know need to be renewed. We groan also in our bodies. As we get older, it seems like we creak and we get weaker and we struggle to remember the things that we're supposed to do. I go downstairs in the basement to get something and I come up with two other things that I wasn't even supposed to get. Maybe that's happened to you too. We forget those little things once in a while. We groan as it gets more difficult to do the things we used to do. Life at times, can be overwhelming. And many of the residents we know at Bethany Manor especially have waited a long time for the full inheritance from the Lord that God has been promising them and all of us. And they long for that full inheritance eagerly. 
There is much groaning also in our world today. Several people have mentioned to me or asked me this last week, what is this world coming to? We have children on their own risking everything to cross into our country on the southern border. We have nations and peoples fighting each other and even doing the unthinkable. The unthinkable, downing a civilian aircraft. And the list goes on and on. We groan as we pick up the morning newspaper at times. But Paul says, in response to the imperfections of our world, he says in our text today, I consider that our present sufferings, which include wars and illnesses and so on, are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us. Creation waits in eager expectation to be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. And that is good news. We wait, yes, we wait, but we look forward to what is coming. These past weeks, my wife and I have been kind of camping out in our dining room, eating off paper plates and and getting by with foods we can put in the microwave there in the dining room as we wait with eager expectation for a new kitchen to rise out of the mess of doing away with the old and making everything new. And we're just about ready to move into that transformed room. And it looks wonderful, and it was worth the wait. Someday... There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, a transformed, a remodeled, a rejuvenated world to live in. There will be no more tornadoes or hailstorms or even mosquitoes. It'll be like it was before the fall in the Garden of Eden when God said it was very good. There will be no more wars, no more rocket attacks against your enemies. Death and decay will be gone, and we will have new bodies and new minds. Paul says to all Christians of his time and to our time today, the glory of our inheritance with Christ will far outweigh the sufferings that we've had to endure during this present life. So we're thankful today that we have experienced some of that inheritance already. We have been made children of God, Paul says, and and we receive the power to allow Christ to transform us in our hearts through that, that spirit and gift of forgiveness. We've also been given the Holy Spirit as part of our inheritance. But we wait. We wait patiently for the full inheritance to come. When all the things around us that we see will be made new. There'll be a new earth. And because of sin, this world will be transformed and the old will be taken away and the new brought forth. 
there'll be a complete renovation, not of a room, of a house, of a country, but of the world itself. The transformation process has already begun in giving us that full inheritance. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was a foretaste, you see, of what was to come, that when we die, we too will be raised. And we look forward to that complete inheritance someday. Well, we wait with this blessed hope. There are many days on this earth we wonder if we're going to be able to make it through with the imperfections that we see within us and around us. But we are to live our days on this earth not in a spirit of despair and worry like people do without Christ, but we are to use our days to work, to share with others the promises of God, that there is hope and that there is renewal coming. We wait patiently, celebrating God's love and his mercy to us, fighting for what is right and using the resources God has given us to help meet the needs of other people. We wait and do these things not in our own power because we can't do it, but we ask for the Spirit's power to deal with this imperfect world. We wait not for death, but we wait for life, renewed life, the eternal kind of life that is awaiting us in our eternal home. And as we wait, the Spirit produces in us character and hope. But because we live in an imperfect world and we have many weaknesses and lack wisdom, we need help when we talk to God about our many trials. In fact, because of our limited knowledge, our lips often ask God for things in our prayers that can be even harmful to us. Have you ever said something to your family or to some friends, and then you wish you could just take those words back? They were kind of foolish things to say, now that you think about it. Well, Paul says in our text today, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will, it says. So as we wait in this imperfect world, the Spirit helps us communicate with the one who is in control of everything and can give us what we need and what others need and to make it through these days until our full redemption comes. Just like a lawyer intercedes for us in legal terms before a judge, so the Holy Spirit intercedes for us before the judge of all things in words that are pure and complete, words of intercession and petition. I like how the Living Bible puts this verse. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows, of course, what the Spirit is saying 
as he pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. It's a good thing we have someone who can speak those words for us to the Father. Sometimes it's good when you go to the doctor to have someone else with you because when the doctor uses all these medical terms, sometimes they go right over our heads. And sometimes it's good to have someone there, especially someone who understands medical language, to interpret for us what the doctor was saying. You see, the Holy Spirit does that. He takes our imperfect words and our prayers, and I don't know about you, but I know my prayers are far from perfect. But he knows our hearts, and the Spirit takes our imperfect words, and he sends them to the Father on the throne. And the Father hears what's in our hearts in a perfect way. So it's not so much the words that you say in your prayers, but you see it's your attitude with which you pray. We are not to pray wanting our will to be done. We are praying, of course, daily that God's will will be done in our lives. For when we pray according to God's will, then we're allowing God to do whatever he sees fit to do, whatever is best for us in his own perfect timetable. Jesus, our best friend, wants the best for us as we deal with all the imperfections in our bodies and in our world as we wait for full redemption. And he calls us to come to him in prayer and to cry out to him as we struggle with this imperfect world. To cry out to him and then leave our concerns in his hands. Amen.